0: Jittero Heads Attention Bo scouts! Those by the student and Nerdly It's time for the soul of excellence
1: She is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York The
0: Rush Hour is on
1: the air Rush Rush
0: Now here's Bo Nerdly
1: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to your Wednesday Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77 we are The crown jewel of American radio If you would like to be on the program today, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And of course, as always, there is plenty in the news to discuss. Some of the things closer to home right here in New York, others around the world, Russia's knocking down our planes, and what do we do? Uh, Our drones. Eh, So what? Although Lindsey Graham, Steve, Lindsey Graham, suggests we should start shooting down Russia planes. Yeah, thanks for that, Lindsey. Not going to happen. Uh, in San Francisco, you will be glad to know the reparations movement is still alive. It's up to five million dollars plus. Did you hear that, Scott?
0: I did. I read that this morning.
1: Five million dollars. Plus, not only do you get the five mil, you get all your debts wiped out, so you start clean with five million bucks and no debt. Plus ninety seven thousand dollars in income. It's amazing that this is actually proceeding down the tracks. I can't wait. I can't wait for the first checks to be handed out. I can't wait for the people that don't get checks to complain about it. I can't wait to see how they're going to distribute the money. I can't wait. Yeah, if you want your if you want to talk about the reparations as always, we've been talking about this since the summer when they first started. The failed bank, let me ask you if you knew this. That failed bank, SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank with the woke Board of directors and the woke wake uh, risk assessment people. The one that Joe Biden and the Democrats just bailed out. They bailed out a bunch of multi-millionaires with your dollars. I want to make you feel good? Do you know they gave BLM, SVB gave BLM, Seventy three million dollars. Seventy three million dollars. Here, here's a gift. Take seventy three million dollars. That money should, of course, the FDIC could use that right about now. Oh yeah, a whole lot of people could use that right about now. And what did Patrice Colors and the others? You know, uh, 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 Autry who was on the show. Autry told me that it is staggering the amount of money that BLM has actually raised. It's not just over a billion. It is a few, quite a few billion dollars in total. Well, you can see why with investments like th- investments with gifts like this. So here's a bank. You go to deposit your money in a bank, your company's money, and they take a portion of all those aggravated fund, uh, aggregated funds and hand over $73 million to Black Lives Matter and other social justice movement causes. And you wonder why, when times, when a little change happens with interest rates, they are on shaky ground. All of this money could have stayed in their reserves. They could have had money to weather the money that they, we called it, whizzed the way. There's another term for it, but I won't use it on Family Radio. Let's go closer into New York. New York is talking budget now. And if you want to find out where the commitment really is from people, from government, look at where they spend their money. That will show you where their commitment truly lies. So let's talk the New York budget, New York state budget for a moment. Albany Democrats are giving their very own governor, Kathy Hochul, the middle finger and telling her to take their middle finger and put it in a place that we can't mention. They told her to go pound sand when it comes to repealing this bail reform that has let criminals roam the streets of New York and attack you, the innocent citizens of New York. They told her to pound sand, take their middle finger, and put it up her when it comes to the expansion she wanted of charter schools. In other words, and this to me is particularly egregious, what they have told her is we would rather have New York students, especially black and Hispanic students, but not limited to, continue to go to failing schools so that we can support the teachers union rather than allow their parents to send them to quality schools that are charter schools. Screw the parents, screw you, Hoco, and screw these kids. We want them to fail. We want them to be losers in life. We want them to fail. We want them to end up in prisons. We want them to end up in jails. This is exactly what liberal... I hope, I wish, I pray one day that some of you liberal Democrats will actually have what it takes to just pick up your phones and call us here and tell us how you justify this. I pray that some of you educators who support the idea that there should be no public schools. I wish that you would call here and at least justify, explain to us how it is that you are so opposed to parents sending their kids to good schools instead of failing schools. I wish you would explain to us what you have against children Going to better schools if they had the opportunity, and how you justify them staying in failing schools that deliver them absolutely nothing by way of a decent education eight hundred eight four eight w a b c is the number to call at least you think that I will be uh, abusive to you verbally, that will not happen. But I would like to have a discussion with you, an honest discussion about education and about how you think that allowing parents to send their kids to a decent school is the wrong thing to do. Well, that's what the progressive Democrats have just told Kathy Hochul, their own governor. Screw you. Screw these kids. We're going to keep them in failing public schools, and we are not by any means going to abandon the union's and send them to a school of their choice. More than that, if you look at what the progressive Democrats are telling their counter-proposals, they want to increase the minimum wage. That is absolutely absurd. If you increase the minimum wage, what you are guaranteeing is that there will be higher unemployment, especially among black men. First to go. First not to get hired. This is not rhetoric. This is not red meat rhetoric. This is economic fact. And you can look case study after case study, what happened in Seattle when they did it, what has happened to every blue city that's done this, you look at the ramifications, and yet these people do not care. They want something to, so that they can run to re-election to their constituents and say, oh, look, we did this for you, not ever acknowledging what they have done to you. After COVID, you would think, and with all the struggles to keep businesses in New York, you would think the last thing that these Democrats would do was make it tougher for business owners, but no, that's the first thing they want. They want to stick it to businesses even more. Will they ever justify it? No. They want to double down on solitary confinement limits. In other words, when you have the most heinous criminals, the murderers, the rapists, the people that don't even behave when they are locked up in jail, these Democrats put their priorities as making sure they don't have to spend too much time in the hole, in solitary. They want to expand, these are the progressive Democrats, publicly funded health care for illegal immigrants. That is their priority. To give illegal immigrants more of your money so that they can have a better health care regime. Now listen, I am all for emergency health care for anyone who needs it. Life threatening. I mean, you shouldn't have to worry about paying when you show up at the emergency room with something that's life threatening. You should just go and get help and be helped. But now you're talking about rolling out a full health care plan and benefits to people who are in this country illegally. This is what Democrats in New York want. They are also these progressive democrats challenging Kathy Hochul on her plan to raise income taxes on people making more than 5 million bucks. Now that might be actually worthwhile depending on what they what it is they really want and I'm trying to find out more about that. They also do not want tuition increases at SUNY and CUNY, the State of University of New York, and the City University of New York campuses. So no tuition increases. Of course, the cost of these colleges is up the creek. Who's supposed to pay for it? I don't know. This is what these Democrats are all about. They are racist in their proposals, as far as I'm concerned. They are bigoted. They are anti business. They are anti capitalist. And the only thing, if these people get their way, will happen is this city will deteriorate further. Again, the most egregious of all of this is what they want to do to children in public schools. These failing public schools. They want them, it's their little prison. I guess what the the Democrats want is to train them how to be good when they get to adults, how to be ready for adult prison. So they want to keep them in children's prison, which is a failing public school, subjected to all kind of violence, subjected to failure as a routine, subject to the worst teachers that can possibly, and, and that is not... That is definitely not a slam on all teachers. There are many committed teachers who work in even the roughest neighborhoods in New York, and we know that and we appreciate you. But that's not what these Democrats are looking for. Okay. Telephone numbers, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Bobby Caldwell passed away. Yesterday, I guess you where I've been. his wife left an amazingly beautiful message guess on Twitter. I came back to let you know. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, with you here on WABC. My 800-848-WABC. Don't go away. We're coming back.
0: This is the Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly. Rush, Rush. Only you. Make me do for love
1: what I would not
0: do. My friends wonder what is wrong with me. Well, I'm in the days from your love,
1: you see. The tweet that was from Bobby Caldwell's Twitter account. Bobby passed away here at home. I held him tight in my arms as he left us. I am forever heartbroken. Thanks to all of you for your many prayers over the years. He had been floxed. It took his health over the last six years and two months. Rest with God, my love. And that was posted by Mary Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell. There is a major fight brewing around the country over the abortion pill. You've known it for weeks. We've talked about the, uh, the Walgreens case and Governor Newsom's attack on Walgreens because they're not going to sell it in states that prohibit abortions. And now there's a legal battle that is, according to the Amazon Prime Washington Post, the abortion pill fight may have a broader implication for the FDA drug approval process. Legal experts say that a Texas judge's ruling on mifepristone I think I'm pronouncing it right, may sow chaos in how the agency regulates medicine. What's happening is a federal judge in Texas is being asked in a lawsuit to direct the agency to rescind its approval of the abortifacient drug. It's one of two drugs used in medication abortions. That move would be unprecedented. Legal experts say that if the judge goes along with that ruling, it could lead to a highly politicized regulatory environment. Well, guess what? We already have a highly politicized regulatory environment. Anybody ever hear of the drug hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or all the things that liberals did to make sure that people couldn't get the drugs they needed? Anybody ever hear of some of the the drugs that they did use to fight COVID? And there were a lot of frontline nurses and doctors who were very, very critical of what was taking place with the protocols for people entering the hospitals with COVID. They said if you go in, in a lot of these hospitals, you're not coming out because of the treatment protocols that were ineffective. And that was all highly politicized. It was all based in the idea, let's just call it what it was, it was Trump hate. We're not going to give Donald Trump a victory, a political victory, on his approach to COVID. No, anything he says, we're going to twist and turn, and they even came up with fake studies. Fake studies to say that hydroxychloroquine wasn't effective. So this business that the Amazon Prime Washington Post talks about about is something could lead to a highly politicized regulatory enforcement environment. Rather, that's already happened. We already are living in one, where well, you have doctors that are shut up, nurses that are shut up, people that have been working in healthcare all their careers are told to shut up about what they believe in order to accommodate other people's political views. That has already happened in this country, and people died as a result of it. We are also seeing a highly politicized uh, a, a, a regulatory environment when it comes to this business of what the left calls gender-affirming surgeries, which are basically gender mutilations of underaged minors. I believe it was uh it was either Tennessee or Arkansas, one of the southern states. It must have been Arkansas. I think it was Governor uh, Sanders Huckabee. they've just now or they're trying to extend the period of time that doctors can be legally sued for performing these operations if if a minor child grows up and comes back later and says, "Hey, I was never in a position." for you to mutilate my body this way mentally, they want them to be able to sue the doctors that did it. And I say, yes, absolutely. This all has to do with politics and not medicine. Not the best practices in medicine. In fact, if I have it right, and I believe I do, the FDA has never approved Lupron, the drug that is used most often in these gender-affirming surgeries to fool the body about what its hormones are. They've never approved it for use in these things, but it is widely used anyway. It's a cancer drug. It was used for cancer. So uh, I, you folks at the Amazon Prime Washington Post, maybe you should get with it. Maybe you should understand that we already live in a highly politicized regulatory environment when it comes to medicine. And it is not about the science, it's about the politics. Republicans have put up legislation that would ban the bad actors, as they call it, from mining in the United States using our resources. Now, some people might think that that's a little too, quote-unquote, nationalist. Don't you? In Tennessee, Republicans in that state, in that Senate, passed a bill uh, the day before yesterday that would block transgender people from changing their listed sex on government-issued documents including driver's licenses and birth certificates. The legislation, House Bill 239, Senate Bill 1440, defines the term sex for use in the Tennessee code as a person's immutable biological sex as determined by anatomy and genetics existing at the time of birth and evidence of a person's biological sex. So no more of this going in if it passes and is signed into law saying, I think I'm a woman, so therefore let me change my official documents. I wonder how that would go over. WABC Talk Radio 77. This is James Golden. It's Rush Hour. Your calls are coming up as part of today's program if you want to Join us, 800-8... Eight, we're going to get to calls quickly because there's so many people on the lines, and I don't want to just have people waiting. There, Yes, there's other news, but I want to hear what you have to say. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. 1973, you say, eh? Correct, 73. Roberta Flax killing me softly. Five straight week run. As the number one song in America on this day, with his words killing me sorely,
0: with his song, it's the rush hour with Bo nerdly Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush, rush. Now, here's Bo nerdly drumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with
1: his song. I heard he sang a good song. The Fugees. I heard he has Lauren Hill brings us back. W.A.B.C. Talk Radio 77. To the telephone, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? George in Oceanside, New York. You are our first caller. How are James. you, George?
0: All right, I'm doing fine. Thank you, James, for taking my call. You know, I've been teaching 29 years, and it's really always been the same thing. It's always about the money. You know how they give estimates about it costs, let's say, fifteen thousand per child to educate. They it, they they highball it, and they say, well, it really co- it costs eighteen thousand. And it really costs about 15. So the more kids you have in these schools, the more padding you have. Now it's also become about indoctrination over the last 10 years. That's really blown up. So I don't know which one is more important, but both are going on at the same time. And that's why they're holding on with a death grip. And as far as minors go and surgery and parental consent, you still cannot give a child an Advil if he has a headache without parental consent. So where is this authority coming from? about doing surgery to kids or giving them puberty blockers without parental consent. I don't get that.
1: It comes from the answer. left. It comes from liberals and their look, their agenda is more important than anything else. And this agenda that they have on sexuality is distressing and it is disturbing. And this is not this is an extension of what they call the sexual revolution, which I gladly took part in, um, part of, (laughs) but look, here's what they've done. You, You look at it. They have devalued the family. They've devalued marriage. They've said that it's okay for everybody to sleep around. And, in fact, if you do sleep around with no moral consequence and give in to hedonism, you're not to be called any sort of names about it. You're not to be shamed about it. And then we went in overdrive into this sexual frenzy that now envelops us where we have children in grade schools being groomed by teachers to identify sexually as something other than what they are naturally inclined to do. And this agenda is sweeping across the United States. There is not a day that goes by in this country that you can't find a headline somewhere where there's tension and conflict in some community over this transgender issue. Whether it's women saying, whether it's men saying that they're women, there's another front page story about that today that won some big sporting event using men. And it's a devaluation of women. But if you dare speak about it in those terms, you're a bigot. I think finally the pendulum has swung to the point that people are becoming less afraid to speak up. Because they're saying this has to stop. It has to stop. We have to have some sort of societal norms. And the p- people that are pushing for the abnormal, and I don't mean that in a pejorative sense, but I'm just speaking speaking strictly about numbers. Norms at, are arrived at through numbers. The, it is a normal thing in a society to do something based on an overwhelming majority of people accepting that as a way of life or a thought or a belief. It is abnormal for other behavior. And right now what we're being told is that the abnormal takes precedence over the normal. And we're all supposed to just accept it and shut up and not complain when the abnormal are now in classrooms teaching their abnormality to children. Vinny in Massapequa, Long Island. Welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77.
2: Yeah, thanks. It just struck me yesterday that the left is winning the language war. Gender-affirming surgery is a sex change, and we got a chance to change it back and say it what it is. Talk about um, sex change drugs for children, sex changes for children. Gender-affirming surgery plays into their uh, language. What do you think? You could spearhead this.
1: Bring back. Well, I have been saying right- for ages that what we're talking about is gender affirming mutilations. That's what we're talking about. We're not even talking about changing sex because that's impossible. What we're talking about are mutilations on human beings. Children are being, young minors are being told to take puberty blockers, number one, and then if they start to develop breasts, they're being told to have double mastectomies. They're being told to, with, their, with the nether regions, to have surgeries that are irreversible, that will prohibit these young girls that have these surgeries from having children. And we're told it's okay to make these decisions while they are minors, while they are incapable of mature thought. It is evil what is going on. And you're right, it is a language issue. But it is more than that. It is is an issue that squarely puts evil in our faces and tells us to accept it. And I refuse to accept it. Thank you for the call, Vinny. Rich in Long Island, you're up next. Yeah,
3: thanks, Bill. Appreciate you taking my call. Listen. So uh, with public schools and charter schools, I just want to state that, uh, be a teacher, the number one major reason why public schools have the most difficult time is because of children's behaviors. All right. So with the children behaving, uh, really they're disrupting classes on a regular basis. They're running around in the halls. I mean, they are creating chaos. And because Obama basically stated that you have to take care of these children within your school, you can't bring in outside help and things of that nature, such as the police, uh, to really uh, take care of it and help you out, because they, he wanted to stop the, prison, uh, the school-to-prison pipeline. That's number one for public school behaviors. Charter schools. Charter schools don't have the additional services like special ed, reading, um, literacy, and things like that to help out the children. So they just really do have the top-notch kids. And the other thing with the charter schools is that once the children that they have uh, start misbehaving, they send them right back to the public schools that we have to get you know stuck with these kids again. And then also, if they're not performing academically very well, right before the state exams, uh, state assessments in March and April. Again, They send the kids out and they send them right back to the public schools after they've already received their funds. So, that's what I got to say So, let
1: me ask you a question here. Are you in favor of charter schools or do you think that they are uh, actually doing a disservice?
3: I think they're doing a portion, you know, a portion is a disservice. I mean, I, I do agree that parents, you know, should have the right, but they're really... The public schools need the assistance as well. I mean, if we could get it's about 10% of the population, I feel, uh, that are really disrupting the schools. And that, so that might seem like a lot, but if, if you can take um, half of that, so that 50% of the 10%, right, 5%, and send them to BOCES, which unfortunately is exorbitant, and they're probably better capable of handling their um, you know, antisocial behaviors than a public school, uh, I think things would be more on an even keel.
1: May I ask you a personal question, Rich? You're a teacher. Yeah, May I did. ask you a personal question, please. Do you have children? I do. Do you do you send you would you send your child to a public school where the conditions are just what you laid out, where there is this disruption, where there's this misbehavior, where there's a chance that your child might not even come home if it's in a bad enough neighborhood, uh would where there's mind? not going to be any real learning because of the disruption would you put your child in that environment?
3: Uh, Obviously, you know, you put it in those terms. More than likely not, but there's a lot of really good public school teachers. That's what I want to defend as well. I understand there's a lot of public school
1: teachers. Rich, help me out here because this is the crucial question, Rich. If these places are not good enough for your child, why should I put my child in there?
3: If we could get the assistance from the state, to really work on these children who were, you know, causing havoc in the schools, um, then I, I would say, you know what, we're right up there. Uh, you know, charter schools. But, like Rich,
1: said, you, but you, Rich, why should I wait? I have a child now. Why am I going to wait for politicians not to do their jobs? The New York City school system has had over 200 failing schools every year for as long as I can remember. If you're one of those parents, why are you waiting on an empty promise of what could be when you have to deal with what is. If the schools suck, then why should I send my kid there when I can send my school to a safe school where they can academically prosper rather than send them to one of these habitats?
3: I got you, man. If, uh, you know, you you have a special ed child, uh, your child needs some uh, other uh, services, uh, occupational therapy, you know, most charter schools don't have this, you know, so... Um, I I understand exactly where you're coming from. I just wanted to put it out there that it's not, you know, we're measuring apples to oranges to an extent. No, we're measuring
1: kids' lives in every, Rich, we're not measuring apples to oranges. We're measuring the quality of children's life in every single instance of this.
3: I understand. I understand. I, you know, that's basically, you know, what I have to say. I just, you know. I I love you, Rich. Thank thank
1: you. Thank you, and thank you for your service to the children. And I know that you are one of the better, you have to be, one of the caring teachers. Thank you so much. James Golden, a.k.a. And I, again, yes, yes, Mandarava, I said the word abnormal, but I don't mean it in a pejorative word. I am strictly talking about numbers. There is a normal pattern of behavior, and anything that falls outside of that is called abnormal Again, I'm not putting a judgment on it. I'm just saying it is. It is in a state of being. That's all. I'm getting a little pushback on the use of the word abnormal. And I understand it because it's used pejoratively in some cases, but I am not about trying to judge people like that. And thank you for bringing that up. James Golden, AK Nerdly. we're coming back. This is a voice that many people don't know. She's in New, she's in New York. New Yorker Rochelle Farrell Michelle Farrell is an amazing singer and this is till you come back to me from Michelle Farrell. as
0: This is the rush hour with Bo's nerdly rush
1: Us back on WABC. You know, I'm abnormal in some ways. And the abnormal, you know, again, I'm not, I want to really be clear about this because I am not trying just to, to judge people. Look, most normal people are not geniuses, genius is an abnormality. And we applaud it. You look at some of the most incredible artists in the world. They are abnormal. They have different characteristics than the rest of us. Some of them we call proteges if they do it, if they display their abnormalities while they are young. So again, I'm saying that word without a pejorative judgment. But let's also be really clear that society does have norms let's see let's go to janet and is it bergen city that you're calling from
2: hi bergen, county. bergen I am, county okay can you hear me listen to this america really has to hear what's happening i heard on the news so many times that the three women that run and started the black lives matter it's a fact They graduated communist schools in Europe from the university, and they gave the name, and I didn't retain it. But I did retain this, that in California, two of them bought, one bought a house for $3 million, and they couldn't account. It's unbelievable. Where are Republican people. I mean, I would start a revolution.
1: Wait a minute. Let me just say this, Janet. I'm not mad at them for buying the house. If I raked in multiple billions of dollars on my scheme, I'd buy a million-dollar house, too. I ain't mad at him for that. What I'm mad at, all the suckers that bought into this belief that they were going to somehow help people. You name me, for me, Janet, one thing that BLM has done to help people. One thing. Well, how could we possibly allow it to happen?
2: So then we're being, I don't want to say. How could we possibly allow,
1: ha- wait a minute. How can we possibly allow a bank to go under because it's risk assessment manager is overseas putting together woke, uh, uh, woke sexual sexuality months instead of doing risk assessment. How can we accept a lot of things? How can we accept the fact that some teachers think it's okay to, to, to groom young children? We are in a battle, my darling. And that battle is called good over evil. And we have to stand up and take a stand in this, all of us, every day. That's how it happens. Janet, I love you. Thank you for the call. Joseph in Hoboken. Welcome. You're on WABC, Talk Radio 77. How are you, Joseph?
2: I'm fine, thanks. Um, I'm a, m- a medical doctor, and I've been practicing for 48 years, and I'm talking about abortion. What I have seen is different than what you talk about. My my and I work in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And I don't believe that abortions and abortifacients they've been used for decades by school nurses, camp nurses, college nurses. If a girl just takes three birth control pills, she has an abortion, and that's what the nurses just handle it. Don't tell anyone. If you have a little more money, you go to a private doctor. He does it in his office, and uh, the way he justifies reimbursement is by calling it a diagnostic procedure, and Medicare will pay for that because it's to prevent, make sure it's not cancer, and that's a, a legitimate medical procedure. And in fact. Now, in hospitals,
1: Uh, Joseph, Yes, may I ask you a question, sir? Uh,
2: Please call me Joe.
1: Joe, is it a legitimate moral procedure?
2: I'm just trying to tell you this.
1: No, I understand. And believe me, I appreciate the knowledge. I wouldn't do it.
2: Uh, Okay. For some people, it is life-saving.
1: I understand that. That some people, in certain cases, it is a life-saving thing. I get that. And that's where uh, this whole thing to save the life of the mother has always come in. Look, we don't live in the Game of Thrones age where it's okay to just whip up a woman's body to save on the, on the hope that we could save the infant. I don't. Uh, th- that was 16th, 15th, 14th century stuff.
2: Excuse me. Can I call you Bo or Mrs. Stern? Of course Would you, you like- can. Whatever sure. you
1: want to call me. Go ahead.
2: Uh, okay, I like Bo. Bo, um... I'm just, we're not talking about that. Even the most, div- I know some guys and ladies who'd love to do abortions. And mm. they're not friends of mine, but I know their practices. And we all work in the, the same little area. We all know each other. And those people, even they would not act like that. They would.
1: Like I said, and Joe, I'm so sorry we're out of time for the day, but I'm telling you, Joe. I know people that like to do abortions. Folks, we are living in a battle, and it is a battle that goes beyond the physical. We are living in a battle right now, good over evil. This is James Golden, Bo Snerly. It is our Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77, and we will be back tomorrow, God willing, at 4 o'clock. Thank you for being here today. And to all of you, we didn't get you on the phones. My apologies. Please give us a call tomorrow. We're here. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. Protect these children, God, please. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll see you then. Bye.
0: This is
2: the industry call now or go to prioritygold.com.